Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. Oftentimes on this podcast, we look at both good and disturbing things that are happening in our society and our political system from from a Christian perspective. This is why the name of the podcast is Uncommon Sense Christianity and Politics. Most of the time, we are heavier on the politics side of things than we are on the Christianity side of things. It's just the way it it works. But today, we are going to reverse that and, and look at what is going on with the church from a political perspective. Like, for instance, this article from Fox News and John Brown wrote, a dean at the University of Cambridge in the UK came to the defense of a junior research fellow whose sermon last Sunday about Jesus Christ having a trans body reportedly left outraged congregants in tears. Dr. Michael Banner, the dean of Trinity College, said Joshua Heath raised, quote, legitimate, unquote, speculation in his Eversong sermon during which the researcher claimed from the pulpit of Trinity College Chapel that non-erotic portrayals of Jesus' penis in historical paintings, quote, urge a welcoming rather than hostile response towards the raised voices of trans people, unquote. This is according to the Daily Telegraph. Quote, in Christ's simultaneously masculine and feminine body in these works, if the body of Christ, as these works suggest the body of all bodies, then his body is also the trans body, Heath said. Now, Heath, who's whose uh, doctorate in theology was supervised by a former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, uh, also claimed that in one of the medieval paintings he displayed to the congregation, the spear wound in Jesus' side takes on a decidedly vaginal appearance. In another, he pointed out how the blood from his side flows to his groin. He's homily during the tran, uh, the uh, traditional uh, Anglican service left many in attendance, including children, visibly uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And this according to an anonymous congregant who fired off a complaint letter to Banner. Shouts of heresy. <laughs> if I was there, I'm probably one of them. Reportedly rang out in the church as incensed worshipers left in disgust. Quote, I left the service in tears, the churchgoer wrote to the dean. You offered to speak with me afterwards, but I was too distressed. I am uh, contemptuous of the idea that by cutting a hole in a man through which he can be penetrated, uh, he can become a woman? I am essentially contemptuous of such imagery when it is applied to our Lord from the pulpit at Eversong. I am contemptuous of the of the not of the notion that we should be invited to con, uh, contemplate the martyrdom of a trans Christ, a 
new heresy for our age. This this is what the congregant was was writing uh, to uh, to this gentleman. He said that uh, that quote truly shocking. He's truly shocking sermon made me feel unwelcome in the church, and that his partner left violated. In 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 Banner's response to the letter, so here you just heard everything that this congregant said. This this person who heard this sermon was very disturbed by it, and rightfully so. He wrote this letter to Banner, and here's Banner's response to that letter, which was seen on, on the Daily Telegraph. The dean defended Heath, claiming that his sermon suggested that we might think about the images of Christ's male-slash-female male body as providing us with ways of thinking about issues about transgender questions today, unquote. They also, he also said, for myself, I think that speculation was legitimate. Whether or not you or I or anyone else disagrees with the interpretation, says something else, about that artistic tradition or resists its application to contemporary questions about transsexualism. Banner said. The dean added that he would not issue an invitation to someone who I thought, he said, would deliberately seek to shock or offer um, or offend the congregation or who would be exempted to speak against the, uh, the Christian faith. The and, and this is this is what a spokesperson for the Trinity College says. They said the college would like to make clear the following: neither the dean of Trinity College nor the researcher giving the sermon suggests Jesus was transgender. What are you talking about? That's exactly what he was talking about. Quote: The sermon addressed the image of Christ depicted in art and various interpretations of those artistic portrayals. The spokesperson continued, "The sermon uh, ex- sermon's exploration of the nature of religious art, in the spirit of thought, provoking academic inquiry, was in keeping with open debate and dialogue at the University of Cambridge." Unquote. So, when I was a, a lead pastor, one of my jobs was to make sure that everyone speaking from the pulpit was there speaking biblical truths. Not, not everything spoken from the pulpit is, is, is from God. I mean, we, we are human, we make mistakes, we say things that we shouldn't, and so forth. But there is a difference between having heresy, very unbiblical things that it very obviously are unbiblical, and and accidentally speaking something that 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 doesn't align. So it was my job to make sure that those that were speaking there, particularly when I I you know when I wasn't speaking, when I when maybe I was gone on vacation, whatever the case may be, whoever would would come in and would be speaking from that pulpit, it was up to me to do my very best to make sure that what they were speaking were biblical things. That is not what happened here. Why did did this upset so many people within the church? Well, because it was unbiblical. That's why. I mean, this church's leadership did not protect them, and they knew more about what was biblical than this leadership did. 
this leadership is, well, you know, he wasn't really talking about trans people. He was talking more about art. I, I love the, the whole art argument, right? Everything that is offensive, well, it's just art. The Bible says that church leaders will be held more accountable for their actions and, 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 and what they preach. And God hates this kind of thing. Speaking of hate, in a series of articles from the Daily Wire comes this. A criminal case against street preacher John Dunn was tossed from British court uh, system after two women in a same-sex marriage accused the, the Christian of hate speech. Dunn, a veteran of the British Army, Special Forces, and a throat cancer survivor, regularly preaches in the town square in Swindon according to a press release from Christian Legal Center, which, of course, uh, represent, represented him throughout the legal proceedings that, that followed. Uh, Dunn, who uh, often discusses biblical doctrine related to sexuality, as described in Genesis 1, uh, told two women holding hands that he hoped that they were sisters. After the woman responded that they were in a same-sex marriage, Dunn said that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God, which is a direct quote from 1 Corinthians 6. The woman subsequently reported the the preacher to uh, law enforcement and prosecutors contended that Dunn was guilty of hate speech because he had offended and upset a member of the public. So, so what they're saying is that if you offend or you upset someone who's a member of the public, then you can be charged and be found guilty of hate speech. Now, here's another reason why I think the hate speech laws are completely unconstitutional, but we won't go down that path this podcast. The case was dismissed, though, in this case, after the two women who accused Dunn failed to appear in court, even though a police officer reportedly visited their home and encouraged them to attend the hearing scheduled for November 13th. Quote, when I preach, I only ever say what is in the Bible. When they told me they were in a same-sex marriage, I I was concerned for them. Dunn said in a statement provided to the legal, uh, the Christian Legal Center after the dismissal. Quote, I had to communicate the consequences of their actions based on what the Bible says. I wanted to warn them, not, uh, not out of, of condemnation, but out of love. I wanted them to know that there is forgiveness through the love of Jesus. The women accused Dunn of shouting that they would burn in hell, even though Dunn lost his voice box during the battle of cancer. So obviously, obviously they are also liars. Uh, Prosecutors had argued that certain biblical doctrines are simply no longer appropriate. Did you get that? They are simply no longer appropriate in modern society, biblical doctrines. And which would deem offensive if stated in public. So Martin Parsons, a a Christian theologian who uh, provided expert evidence in response to the uh, prosecutor's assertions, noted that the public reading of Scripture during the Reformation was among the first steps toward broader freedom of religion in Britain. The words of the Old and New Testaments 
still hold an important place in British public life, including the coronation of funeral and, um, and funeral of recently deceased Queen Elizabeth II. Quote, the Bible has had a unique status within British uh, constitutional history. Parsons, Parsons observed this. And he said, the suggestion by the crown that there are parts of the Bible which are simply no longer appropriate in modern society and which would be deemed offensive if stated in public is one, if accepted, would have significant constitutional implications. Of course it would. Dunn remarked that he intended to continue street preaching. He is regularly joined by Sean O'Sullivan, a former drug dealer who was converted under his ministry. And several countries in Europe have made international headlines for uh, penalizing citizens publicly espousing historic Christian teachings on matters such as homosexuality and transgenderism. Pavi um, Rossinen is, is a member of the Finnish parliament, and he faced multiple criminal charges earlier this year. We, we actually covered this on this podcast, uh, and he, did, he faced these um, this year after he posted a screenshot of a Bible verse depicting pride as a sin. Tobias uh, Schneider is a um, pastor in, in Frankfurt, Germany, and he recently contended in the Frankfurt Declaration of Christian and Civil Liberties uh, that Western nations' descent into totalitarianism encroaches upon individual liberties, particularly with the recent um, with re, uh, recent to worship uh, a, a and religion. Quote: God has delegated authority to civil governments for the purpose of uh, rewarding good and punishing evil and to protect the God-given rights and freedoms granted to all people. The statement reads, I, how can you disagree with that, right? That God has, has given us these rights. These are, these are God-given rights, and he has given us a civil government for the purpose of, of, of rewarding good and punishing evil. And as you can see, religious freedom is a fight everywhere around the world, not just here in the U.S. And, and, and speaking of persecution of Christians around the world, the, the persecution of Christians in at least 18 countries throughout the world has been increasing, according to a new report. The report entitled Persecuted and Forgotten, a report on Christians uh, obsessed, uh, oh, I'm sorry, oppressed for their faith, uh, from 2020 to 2022 was released November 16th by a Catholic group aid to the church in need. Um, it examined human rights violations in 24 countries where persecution of Christians is of particular concern and revealed that the conditions of 18 of those countries have gotten worse and or slightly worse for Christians. Religious nationalism and authoritarianism um, intensified problems uh, for the faithful, uh, in, including the Taliban's return to power in, Af in Afghanistan, which prompted Christians and other minorities to attempt uh, to... Um, and attempt a desperate scramble, basically, to escape uh, their their conditions there. The 18 countries were mainly in Asia, Africa, and the Middle East, and they included China, Afghanistan, Turkey, Syria, Saudi Arabia, 
uh, Sudan, Mali, Nigeria, um, Ethiopia, Mozambique, Pakistan, Russia, Myanmar, North Korea, Vietnam, um, India, and uh, and Qatar. Uh, the results are uh, from 2020 to 2022, and are compared with the data from 2017 to 2019. So obviously a three-year period, and things are definitely getting worse. Um, there's, uh, as for like the Middle East, migration has, uh, has threatened areas that... Uh, the, the report describes as the world's oldest and most important Christian communities based in Iraq and Syria and Palestine. In 2011, before the war began, 10% or approximately 1.5 million people in Syria were Christians. A decade later, only 300,000 Christians are left. And that's less than 2% of the population. Uh, North Korea. Uh, is is another area where things uh, are 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 being cracked down on. Uh, Vietnam, China, China uh, continues to harass and uh, an attempt to control Christians and members of the religious groups uh, that will not accept the official Communist Party line, right? Uh, making it uh, unsurprisingly that in the in the Pew Forum's analysis, authorities' restrictions on religion it uh, it achieved the highest score of any nation state China did. In Afghanistan, of course, the, the, the country thrown into chaos last August when the U.S. Uh, completed a, a hasty withdrawal uh, that ended with the collapse of the American-supported Afghan, Afghan government. Um, persecution against Christians is worsening. The report cites the rise of the Taliban driving Christians underground where they live in fear of arrest, torture, and execution. Open Doors um, organization ranks um, Afghanistan number one on its watch list, uh, listing Islamic oppression as the primary cause. Um, yeah, so so what we're seeing here is is that th- there is a lot of persecution that's happening around the world to Christians. Um, we we get so much of of the the talk here in the United States of how Christians oppress other people. Um, no, it, it's it's quite the opposite, particularly around the world. And what we're seeing here is that the church is not necessarily doing a lot about it. I mean, what is the church doing here in the U.S. anyway, when it, as, as far as trying to draw attention to these people that are literally being murdered for their faith? Well, here in the U.S., pastors are supporting, uh, are supporting woke candidates. Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams welcomed support from multiple progressive preachers ahead of her second unsuccessful bid against incumbent Republican Brian Kemp. Now, after narrowly defeating Abrams four years ago, Kemp was reelected by a nearly eight-point margin, significantly outperforming his rival, even as other swing state Republicans across the country experienced lackluster results. As chronicled um, by the account Woke, preacher clips, which I haven't seen, and I want, to, I want to look those guys up. Abrams visited multiple churches in Georgia over the past few months as she attempted to garner grassroots support among fellow liberals, earning the endorsement of several ministers and occasionally talking from the pulpit herself. Hmm, can you imagine? Williams Watley uh, of the St. Philip's Af- uh, uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church in Atlanta, in uh, <laughs> that's a mouthful, right? 
um, chastise men in his congregation for, quote, not voting as we should, unquote, for Abrams. He contended that Kemp was loyal to a demon who has been openly hostile to all minorities. That's a reference to the former president, Donald Trump, of course, and stolen the last election is what he said. We need to do our part to make sure that Stacey Abrams is elected governor and uh, and Raphael Warnock is elected senator. As your pastor, I ask that you listen to me. The support for Abrams emerging from prominently African-American uh, denominations uh, occurred even as mainstream media outlets harped about white Christian nationalism, right? I mean, we see the the media just harping on you know this white nationalism of, of white white Christians, and yet uh, it looks like eh, it's quite the opposite that's that's happening and being illegal about it. Um, like Creflo Dollar of Christian World Changers Church International in College Park, Georgia, um, provoked uh, um, applause from his congregation when noting that Abrams was in attendance. Quote. So you already know what to do, right? Is what he said. He said, make it happen. Multiple chapel speakers at um, Howard University likewise encouraged students to back Abrams in her gubernatorial campaign. Um, one claimed that a demon of disinformation was causing black males to support Warnock and avoid backing Abrams, while others asserted that Abrams rebelled against Jim Crow in the same way that John the Baptist rebelled against the Pharisees and Jesus Christ rebelled against death. Churches are generally establishing uh, established as a as a one uh, one oh uh, I'm sorry a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization, and so obviously they're prohibited, absolutely prohibited, actually. Uh, as as it's it's spelled out in the IRS code, uh, from di- directly or indirectly participating in or inadvertently in any political campaign, or any uh, candidate running for public office. So obviously this is just a simple violation of that. There's there's no two ways around it. When Abrams herself took the pulpit, she claimed that she was running for the office in a legacy of Deborah, the only woman to serve as a judge over Israel. Though Abrams said that Deborah was a warrior who believed that you fight for your people. She failed to mention that Deborah admonished male uh, military commander Barak uh, to wage war against the Canaanite armies rather than entering into the battle herself. In another instance, Abrams uh, explained that her pro-abortion stance from the pulpit at another African Methodist Episcopal church that she said that women with um, epoch pregnancies, etopic, I'm sorry, etopic pregnancies, must wait until they're about to bleed out before a doctor can assist them. Even though she said this, even though Georgia abortion regulations explicitly in, include a, a carve out for etopic pregnancies, so she's just again just lying. A- Abrams speaking at uh, Saint uh, Mark. United Methodist Church, uh, where both of her parents once served as ministers, lauded that the congregation for its affirmation of LGBTQ movement, calling the acceptance of homosexuality the epitome of what my faith tells me to be. 
Again, this, this is heresy from the pulpit, and 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 she will be held accountable for it. There, there's no two ways around it. That's what the Bible says. As spe- speaking of being held accountable, though, why are these churches allowed to operate as nonprofit organizations? This is against the law. What what churches should be doing is fighting against things like like. What is happening in Canada right now? Take a look. Canada is loosening um, uh, prohibitions on assisted suicide, even for children. Did you hear what I said? Driving concern that the the rapidly secularization uh, of this nation no longer cares about the innate value of human beings. So the value of life is continuing to degrade. Although medical assistance is dying, um, in, in dying has been available in Canada for the past six years. The nation's parliament considered amendments to the criminal code last year that would expand the availability of the practice. Among other changes, a citizen uh, processing only a mental illness can now request euthanasia beginning next spring. Whereas the practice was originally, of course, limited to people who just had a had a physical illness or or disability, well, now it is not just going to be held to that. It's going to be held to um, to even mental illness. If you think you have a mental illness, you can take your life legally. Although the, the new legislation does not um, explicitly allow minors to pursue assisted suicide, the government of Canada says that children's decision-making about healthcare issues occurs within a complicated legal framework. Basically, it says if they're a mature minor, that's what it calls it, if they're a mature minor, then they then they can make what, whatever decisions they want to about their health. And of course, that's that now is going to include the taking of one's life. The popularity and, and, and prevalence of euthanasia are quickly rising, actually. Casualties from medical assistance in, in dying now accounts for 3.3% of the overall death toll in Canada. So almost 4% of people that die in Canada do so because of assisted suicide. This is including 4.7% rate in Quebec and a 4.8% rate in British Columbia, according to the data published by the nation's government last year. Now, contrary to public messaging by organizations promoting assisted suicide, only 57.6% of individuals requesting the procedure cited an unbearable pain as the reason, while 86.3% reported a reduced ability to engage in meaningful activities. So the reason they give isn't because they are in unbearable pain, it is that they just have a reduced ability to engage in meaningful activities. Well, so do I. I'm 53 and <laughs> I don't see as well as I used to. Can I, can, can I now commit suicide legally? Doesn't make much sense now, does it? Now, P- Pastor Tim Stevens of the Fairview Baptist Church in Alberta, Canada, noted a secular state does not eliminate God from public square and instead replace him with the deity of self. Two areas historically viewed as falling under the um, prerogative of God are life and death. So in other words, what he's saying is, is that 
life, the taking of life and the creating of death is, is up to God. It's not up to us. We are not the ones that have that ability to do that. I mean, it, we shouldn't have that ability to do that. Abortion, sex, divorce, um, divorce from, from marriage, the marriage covenant and assisted suicide are, are the, the logical consequences of this dystopian vision. When, when you start to, to replace God with, with self, this is what happens. With no thought to the creator, the, 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 the creature is, is free to just play God. And that's, and that's what's happening here. When you don't think about whether or not this is godly, this is biblical, this is something that we should be doing or not doing according to what, what God is directing us, then you're just simply in it for your selfish nature. And you replace God with you, which is uh, you're replacing the creator with the created. Uh, you can look up, there's, there's some uh, commercials right now running in Canada that are promoting assisted suicide. I mean, just flat out promote, you can, you can YouTube them if you want. And they're disgusting. And basically there's, 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 it's, it's sad. It's a very sad thing because you see these individuals who are, who are um, celebrating and trying to promote assisted, assisted suicide. And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're confusing the creation with the creator. So in other words, they, they don't look at the creator. They look at the create creation. Oh, well, the, the, you know, things are so beautiful in life. And, and I, I just want to end, end life looking at beautiful things and listening to beautiful things. These are, these are the creation. They're missing out on the creator, the one who gives life. And it's sad. There is a battle happening right now within the church. It is a battle to stand up for a biblical church within the walls, and a, and a battle for morality and life outside of them. Let's see if the, if the church steps up and addresses any of these attacks. And, and I, I would love to hear some, some stories if, if you see them. Uh, if you see th- the church stepping up, you can always contact me at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Organite Communications.